The Electronic Intifada. Intifada. Intifada Electronic. Intifada Electronica. This is the Electronic Intifada Podcast. In Oakland, I'm Nora Barrows Friedman. You're listening to the Electronic Intifada Podcast. The student government at the University of Illinois at Chicago unanimously passed a divestment resolution on February 15th, calling on the administration to pull its holdings in several U.S. and multinational corporations that profit from Israel's violations of Palestinians' rights. Significant victories were also seen recently in California, where UCLA's Graduate Student Association formally apologized to Palestine solidarity activists following efforts at viewpoint discrimination related to pro-Palestine speech. And in Tampa, Florida, student government leaders were blocked from successfully vetoing the recent passing of a divestment resolution, in turn giving the divestment campaign even more momentum and popular support moving forward. We'll have more from Florida in a few minutes. But first, we go to Chicago to talk about the divestment win at the University of Illinois Chicago, or UIC. Student activists with the UIC Divest campaign also urged financial transparency from the university, and they demanded the establishment of a role for students on the Board of Trustees Investment Committee, according to a press release the group posted to Facebook. UIC Divest includes 24 separate student organizations, highlighting a wide spectrum of solidarity as Palestine activism grows in popularity across U.S. campuses. Students say that in the weeks leading up to the successful vote, the coalition gathered more than 800 signatures in support of the divestment campaign. Joining us to talk about the unanimous vote by the student government in support of divestment at the University of Illinois at Chicago is Manar Dagash. Manar is an officer with Students for Justice in Palestine and an organizer with UIC Divest. Manar, thank you so much for being with us on the Electronic Intifada podcast. Oh, you're very welcome. So let's talk about this very significant victory at your university. Um, can you explain? Yes, I'm very excited. Yes, <laughs> and congratulations. <laughs> thank um, you. Can you explain what the resolution calls for and what the campaign looked like? How did student organizing lead to a unanimous vote? Um, So starting in November, we felt an urgent need. Plus, I feel like there's a nationwide movement calling for BDS in campuses. So um, starting in November here at UIC, we wanted to do something very similar, Um, especially after we found out about um, UIC's investments in companies like Caterpillar and G4S and Foxconn and Boeing. Um, So we felt our campus wasn't any different. And one thing we did strategically was we tried to be very transparent with the student body. We tried to um, have open dialogues and kind of have people do research for themselves um, in terms of what we wanted to do and how we wanted to divest um, our own tuition dollars from such companies. Um, So I guess that's kind of how it started. Um, Like I said, we tried to be very transparent. We had, um, in just a few short weeks, we had 800 signatures in support for our movement. Um, and like you said, 24 student organizations that were on board with us um, and against odds. And we had so many, you know, forces against us and opposing forces um, with divestment, but an even larger and louder voice for divestment on campus. So I guess all these things really worked um, with us. And another thing we tried to do that really um, strengthened our support on campus was trying to draw similarities with other groups. Um, the Black Lives Matter movement on campus, um, 
um, undocumented uh, undocumented students on campus. You know, we really drew, um, drew similarities with um, those people on, in our campus, in our um, campus community, which really strengthened our cause. Manar, uh, what's the next step for this resolution and how do you foresee the administration responding to the demands of the student government? Um, so far, um, we're so happy with the success, but we know it's just the beginning. Um, we know now um, we have to go to higher levels um, of UIC board, hopefully, you know, the chancellor and things like that. Um, but like I said, it's the first step. And also, it's, it's you know, there are some boundaries that are limiting us. You know, the fact that we really don't know how much is being invested, um, the transparency, things like that, and our spending, we really don't know. Um, like, we want transparency in the university's investment portfolio. Um, and like I said, once all those things happen, then we can have, um, you know, meetings and, and talks and dialogues with the board of trustees um, and the investment committee with these issues of spending. I think that's probably our next step. Um, and it's also to raise awareness. We recently had, like, a town hall really clarifying what our motives are, um, which was a great step. And hopefully, you know, we plan to continue that um, open dialogue, and then hopefully with that we'll, we'll make bigger steps. Um, Manar, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned that there were forces that were opposing the campaign. Um, can you talk right. briefly about the atmosphere at University of Chicago, Illinois, um, including last October the Electronic Intifada reported that students who participated in a die-in action to protest Israeli right. violence against Palestinians received death threats. What kinds of intimidation mm -hmm. and efforts at silencing dissent uh, do Palestine solidarity activists face at UIC, especially around divestment? Um, yeah, so we, like you said, we had uh, die-in in October, um, followed by hateful messages um, and a death threat as well. Um, even more recently, um, in the early weeks of February, we had um, our Facebook, um, our Facebook forum movement was hacked, and consequently, there were hateful messages that were posted from our Facebook. Um, but in terms of the overall energy, there's so much more support um, in comparison to to the hate that we receive. Um, you know, a lot of the hate is fueled by um, you know, claims of anti-Semitism and that we're trying to discriminate against the people. Um, recently, there was a movement started um, for the UIC Coalition um, for Peace, um, which called divestment uh, discriminatory against um, Jewish students and against uh, people of a certain nationality. And once we had our town hall and once we had this kind of open dialogue where we tell them that this isn't against, you know, a race or a people or a religion, it's against the system, then that kind of, um, you know, that kind of watered down the opposition we had. Um, but, I mean, since the death threat, there really hasn't been so much, um, so much coming or so much opposition coming from others. Um, we also had um, a rabbi come in that was pro-Palestinian who talked um, to uh, Jewish students, um, which really, you know, opens up the subject of this anti-Semitism or these claims of anti-Semitism. So, and we had faculty on board with us and just really, the opposition was really, really turned on, especially after the death threat. I'd say the death threat was, was one of the strongest, um, strongest forces of hate that came after the uh, UIC Coalition for Peace. Minar, finally, um, how can people learn more about the divestment campaign at UIC and lend their support or get involved? 
Um, we have a website that recently launched, um, um, sjpuic.org. Um, we also have our Facebook. We have so many supporters um, on campus. Um, we also have um, an email that you can contact, um, and we can also set up a meeting with you if you'd like to have, have a meeting with a member of organization. Um, a lot of times we have meetings over lunch where we talk about what we do and what our motives are. Um, like I said, we recently had a town hall. Um, we also plan to have other um, meetings and things where we can have open dialogue and really, really talk about what we want to do and what our next steps uh, or what we plan our next steps to be. It's all about, like I said, transparency. I think that's a major strategy that's worked in our favor um, over the past few weeks um, is just having everybody know exactly what we want to do and what our steps are. Um, and we don't we don't plan on slowing down from here. Like I said, this is only the first step. So there's just so many means in which people can educate themselves and we're willing to educate people about what we want to do. Menard Dagash, you're an organizer with UIC Divest and Students for Justice in Palestine uh, there in Chicago, Illinois. Thank you so much for being with us on the Electronic Intifada podcast. And please do keep us posted as the campaign moves forward. Definitely. Thank you for having me. And coming up, we'll have an interview with a student organizer at the University of South Florida as their divestment campaign picks up speed as well. Stay tuned. First they hit with phase one, air strikes all day and all night. Phase two, rockets hit the Gaza Strip with phosphorus. Phase three, ground attack, how we gonna counteract? Boycott, divest, and sanction. Boycott, divest, and sanction. Boycott, divest, and sanction. Israel, you should be ashamed. Killing main thousands of civilians in our name. Claim you hitting terrorists, but children in your aim. Even murder relief workers, what's spilling from their brain? While they tried to drive the ambulance, so they couldn't stand a chance. Even bomb students, hospitals, mass Rafa and Khan Yunus. Shot them in their back like the cops to Oscar Grant. And in each case, the good old United States sponsored that. Seven million a day that we pay tax and APAC's lobbyists is robbing us. Sometimes it feels like there ain't no stopping this. But now nobody can deny it, cause you made it too obvious. Naked truth exposed like the emperor's clothes. The struggle's getting hotter and the temperature rose. Since 1948, when you formed the state, Palestinian people still defending their homes. They ain't been surrendering, no. Boycott, divest, and sanction. Boycott, divest, and sanction. Boycott, divest, and sanction. Cause they even bombed the United Nations. Look, I'm Israeli, my government's so arrogant. War criminals who call Palestinians terrorists for resisting extinction and occupation, comparing this to genocide and reservations of Native Americans. Uh, it's a massacre. Kick out their ambassador. Divest from their apartheid like South Africa. Boycott them like King to Montgomery buses. Show them we want peace, but only with real justice. Be murdering the media and witnesses left. We're gonna stop shopping at all the businesses that invest. And building their settlements and gentrifying our corners Illegal walls over there and the U.S.-Mexico border Build a worldwide movement till the truth is heard And supporting the Israelis who refuse to serve All the COs who ain't war when deployed to Iraqi stations All the people rallying while the cops are chasing If we enlisted in the system, we got an obligation And we ain't got the patience, time to stop the occupation, yeah Boycott, divest, and sanction Boycott, divest, and sanction Boycott, divest, and sanction Till there's right of return for displaced and reparations Boycott, divest, and sanction Say, boycott, divest, and sanction Say, boycott, divest, and sanction There's a war criminal in this building
In Oakland, I'm Nora Barrows Friedman. You're listening to the Electronic Intifada podcast. Last month, the Student Senate at the University of South Florida in Tampa passed a joint resolution calling on the Board of Trustees of the USF Foundation to divest from corporations involved in Israel's occupation and human rights violations. The resolution, which passed in a landslide vote of 32 to 12 with five abstentions, demands that the university pull its investments in corporations that are continuously and knowingly complicit in violations of Palestinian rights. It lists Caterpillar, Hewlett-Packard, G4S, Boeing, Lockheed Martin, and Northrop Grumman as examples of such companies whose shares are in the university's portfolio. The divestment vote followed nearly two years of campaigning by student activists, including gathering 10,000 signatures on a 2014 petition calling directly for divestment. The petition became the largest in the history of Florida universities. About a week after the resolution was passed, the student body president and vice president vetoed it, stating that it was not within the best interest of the student body, according to the University of South Florida's newspaper, The Oracle. However, just days later, The Oracle reports that, quote, the student government Senate approved a new divestment resolution under a different categorization, which does not require the signatures of the executive branch leaders. Joining us to talk about the situation at the University of South Florida and the push for divestment is Mohammed Imam, a senator in the Student Body Senate and a co-sponsor of the divestment resolution. Mohammed, thank you so much for being with us on the Electronic Intifada podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Nora, for having me. So it's been a roller coaster of a couple of weeks there for divestment campaigners at the University of South Florida. Can you talk about the latest news that the Student Senate approved a new resolution, which is actually identical to the initial one that passed last month, and what this means in terms of the democratic will of the students and their representatives in the student body? Uh, Recently, uh, USF Student Senate passed a Senate resolution with a vote of 32 to 15 with three abstentions last Tuesday to support divestment and a socially responsible investment policy. We as uh, students actively campaign. This is after three years of campaigning. Um, the, uh, the first year marked the year of a referendum in which our uh, referendum was decertified. Now, um, a year later, we, we, uh, we did a petition in which 10,000 signatures were collected, 10,000 student signatures. Um, and then soon after that, we have passed a divestment resolution in the Student Senate, and students overwhelmingly voted in favor of it. Um, the, the Senate resolution calls for USF to implement an ethical investment policy and a committee of staff, students, and faculty as representatives in a transparency committee that serves to hold the USF Foundation accountable to the, to the university. And uh, as a senator and as someone who has worked hard to yeah. campaign for the divestment resolution, can you talk about what it means to bring Palestinian voices and voices of solidarity into the student Senate? And and why divesting from companies that supply Israel with weapons or equipment for its occupation is indeed the best in the best interest of the student body, um, as opposed to you know what the student government uh, president and vice president insinuated. So the student body pro- uh, president um, has said in his veto memorandum that the resolution did not represent the aggregate student voice. This is a president of the student body who won presidency with a vote of two thousand nine hundred something votes. 
And our petition collected 10,000 student signatures. So if our petition doesn't represent the aggregate student voice, then what does that say about his presidency? Another um, claim that was made by the student body president, Andy Rodriguez, in his veto memorandum was that we as a university student should not be interjecting ourselves in international politics nor university investment policy. The, the idea that we as students who the foundation collects in our name should not have a say in our university's investment policy is ridiculous. In fact, our student body president has no right whatsoever to tell what we can and cannot talk about. We as students have a right to express ourselves and we have used that right and we will continue to use that right to advance student interests. The suppression of student voices has, has taken place for far too long, not only at University of South Florida, but in campuses around the country. We have seen um, universities all around the country investing in companies complicit in human rights violations in Palestine and uh, uh, the movement uh, the movement is growing. The movement has raised a lot of awareness. Um, I don't think this is international politics. I think this is about our university's investments in companies complicit in human rights violations in Palestine. Um, what's international politics about human rights? What is international politics about representing 10,000 student voices? What is international politics? What is international politics about... Um, having a transparency committee over our university endowment. What is wrong with what we're asking? That's the voice of Mohammed Imam. He's a senator in the Student Body Senate and co-sponsor of a divestment resolution uh, at the University of South Florida in Tampa. Mohammed, can you talk about the recent move by the Florida State Legislature to attempt to punish the boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement? Uh, a bill filed last month and was backed by a major Christian Zionist organization claims that the BDS movement, quote, is one of the main vehicles for spreading anti-Semitic perspectives and advocating the elimination of the Jewish state, echoing uh, these tropes that are used to smear activists and campaigners around the country. Um, how does this attempt at, at, at smearing activists uh, affect the work that you and other students are doing on campus? The use of the claim that um, criticism of Israel's policies is anti-Semitic has been used effectively for decades now to suppress any criticism of Israel's policies. Uh, it's it's categorically wrong to say that Israel represents all um, uh, to claim that Israel represents all Jewish people around the world. In fact, Jewish Voice for Peace has endorsed our resolution, endorsed our petition, and. Um, I sent a letter in support saying that our petition represents Jewish values. It's just like ISIS doesn't represent Muslims. Israel does not represent Jewish people. It's, um, there's nothing Jewish about human rights violations. There's nothing Jewish about segregation. And there's absolutely nothing Jewish about having two sets of laws for two ethnicities. And Mohammed, what's the next step here? Where does this divestment resolution go next? Uh, and how hopeful are you that it will continue to succeed there at, at the University of South Florida? So the resolution uh, is calling on the faculty senate and staff senate to consider and support this resolution. It is, um, uh, it is expected to go to them in the coming weeks for them for consideration. The student senate is expected to present on this resolution soon. We hope to have our voices heard. We hope the student, uh, we hope the faculty and staff stay in solidarity with their own faculty and with their own staff and the move, uh, and the movement for accountability in our university's investments. One of the claims that we have, um, 
regarding a point that I made earlier about anti-Semitism, one of the claims that we are uh, that our opposition has made is we are uh, we are mentioning Israel, we are mentioning Palestine, and we're not mentioning any other entity, and that is why, because we are signaling out Israel, we are anti-Semitic. The entire pretense of this idea is wrong. The, um, the, uh, our resolution is calling for ethical investment policy in all aspects of our university's endowment. Our university is invested in tobacco companies. Our university is invested in private prisons. Our university is invested in uh, fossil fuel companies. We're calling for a socially responsible investment policy. We're calling our university to join the ranks of universities all around the country who have an SRI policy. Why can't we? And the idea that just because the word Palestine is mentioned, um, is somehow a resolution becomes anti-Semitic. Um, this, this is ridiculous to say, and, and suppose our resolution didn't mention Palestinians. Suppose you replace the word Palestinian with Sudanese or Africans or Chinese or Tibetans. Would our resolution be any uh, less controversial? Of course. It would, pass by a, uh, it would pass unanimously as opposed to a landslide. But that's the point. Palestinian lives don't matter as much as other lives, and that is what we're talking. And that is what we want to emphasize. Um, it's the same rationale. When people say Black Lives Matter, they're not saying White Lives don't matter or Hispanic Lives don't matter. They're saying Black Lives are not equal in 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 the in society in perspective of law enforcement. This is the same issue. When people when people when our resolution mentions Palestine. It is simply emphasizing the fact that Palestinian lives are not considered as, uh, are not considered as valuable in our society. Palestinian lives are not respected. Uh, the sense of this, the sense of the statement is why um, why are you talking about Palestine? Well, I will give you an example. When uh, Martin Luther King was fighting against segregation in the 1960s, no one said, "Why aren't you fighting against every other injustice in the world at the same time?" When, people, um, when the Vietnam War protesters were fighting against the Vietnam War, no one was saying, why don't you fight against every other war at the same time? It comes with the basic understanding that, one, that struggles are fought one by one as they arise. And that is what our resolution is calling for. And, it's abs- and the idea that uh, our resolution is anti-Semitic, as the Florida State Legislature, has, uh, members of them have implied or clearly stated, it's... What, when they're saying, uh, when they're trying to make boycotting illegal, boycotting a constitutionally protected um, First Amendment right illegal, they are trying to suppress the voices of Floridians. They are fighting Israel over the voices of Floridians themselves. And that is the most saddest thing of all. Uh, finally, Mohammed, um, where can people read the resolution and get in touch with divestment campaigners at the University of South Florida? Um, the resolution is publicly available on Electronic Intifada's site. It was, um, um, we can send it over to anyone. It's very accessible. You can email us at sjpusf2010 at gmail.com. Mohamed Imam, you're a senator in the Student Body Senate and co-sponsor of the divestment resolution there at University of South Florida in Tampa. Thank you so much for being with us on the Electronic Intifada podcast. All right. Thank you. And that's it for the Electronic Intifada podcast. For news, information, cultural features and reviews, and pointed opinion and analysis, visit us online at electronicintifada.net, where you can also post comments and sign up for our daily email digest. Follow us on Twitter at Intifada. 
Radio stations are free to use this podcast, and if you're listening on iTunes, support the Electronic Intifada podcast by rating it and leaving a review. On behalf of all of us at the Electronic Intifada, thank you for listening.